Well, there's a radio in the kitchen on a sleepy Friday night. Daddy is sitting on the porch. And mama's at the oven baking apple pie. Oh, for the old folks at home. Mm, oh, the world is sad and dreary everywhere I roam. Oh, brother, how my heart grows weary if I'm from the old folks at home. Oh, you are listening to Sean of the South, and I'm your host tonight, Sean Dietrich, coming to you live on a Friday night in the sleepy heart of Northwest Florida. This episode brought to you by Case Knives, a tradition in my family dating back to my granddaddy who once said the best cure for idle hands was to build something. So keep your hands sharp with a case knife. Well, all the world is sad and dreary everywhere I roam. How my heart grows weary Far from the old folks at home Also in the studio with me tonight We got Lana May on the licorice stick clarinet Robert Trail, Dan Conrad, Chip Center on the piano These guys are playing jazz music for you The original southern music Which dates all the way back to 1860 Perhaps even earlier We're going to be playing some old time standards for you tonight Gulf Coast music Come on Lana Sleepy world, I wander, looking for a place to rest. But there in the heart of Florida's bounty, that's the place my heart loves best. Mm, oh, the world is sad and dreary everywhere I roam. How my heart grows weary Far from the old folks at home Also in the studio with me tonight I got my dog, Thelma Lou A bloodhound about the size of a Clydesdale I'm also going to be reading some letters From folks who've taken the time To send us in some stories About their grandparents And the old days The days when this music Was being played originally Also, I'm going to get a haircut <laughs> Whoa! This world is sad and lonely everywhere I roam. I see, oh, sister, how my heart grows weary far from the old folks at And weary everywhere, everywhere I roam. Oh, now, brother, how my heart grows weary for my Gulf Coast 
last home I say we yonder on the chalk Tahatchee Oh, it's far, far away That's where my heart will always be Down where the old folks Down where the old folks Down where the old folks stay Oh boy, man, I love a good clarinet. I love a good clarinet. And I'm going to tell you, it's hard to find a good clarinet uh, in this part of the world anymore. It used to be a very common instrument. You know, it's kind of a relatively new instrument compared to uh, the other instruments like the piano or the harpsichord or the the uh, blow organ. Uh, the organ is one of the earliest instruments. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, I play a little bit of organ, uh, not well, but I play it. Uh, this was by necessity when I used to play music in the Baptist church. Our organist, Lynn, Sister Lynn, called in sick one day, and I had to learn on the fly how to play the organ. But I digress. We're playing some jazz today. Jazz. It's very, very near and dear to my heart. And as any uh, person who has spent time around the Gulf Coast or in the South ought to know this is our music. There will be two things that America will be remembered for when we have faded into the ruins of history, and that is baseball and jazz music. As a matter of fact, the two are somewhat related. The earliest written record of the word jazz comes from 1912 in a Los Angeles Times newspaper in which a minor league pitcher, a baseball pitcher, described a pitch which he called a jazz ball because it wobbles when you simply can't do anything with it. Man, the batter can't hit the sucker. That's the first documented term of the word jazz with two Z's. Before that, the word goes all the way back to 1860 from a slang word, a slang word, J-A-S-M, jasm. Sounds like chasm, but jasm. Jasm. And it meaned, or it means, I guess, if you still use it today, if you're so inclined, pep or energy. Okay? These are the two words that define an entire movement that began in the South in New Orleans. And I have a long history with jazz myself. When I was a kid, I was entranced with jazz. Out of all the music that I do in my life or, or spend time working on or playing or listening to, jazz has always been my deepest and truest love. I spent a lot of time playing with friends who taught me how to play jazz, but my friends were all in their late 70s. <laughs> I can I can name you four or five men, a bass player, a guitar player, a trumpet player, uh, a piano player, old men who took me under their wing and taught me music that nobody cared about anymore. It's uh, it's a music that's built up on the foundations of of free being loose. Uh, that's true. It's uh, it's really not even a musical style. You could define jazz as all sorts of things, but really it's just being loose. And I'm, I'm very, I'm very grateful for those men. They've all gone on to glory now, but I learned a lot from them about the mindset 
of this wonderful music that belongs to our part of the world. How ironic, because in the studio tonight with me, I've got Miss Lana May, a woman who dresses in vintage clothes with uh, blonde hair twirled up in the 1940s fashion, a lovely woman who plays New Orleans jazz like she wrote it, who also happens to be from Portsmouth, England, which is really uh, fascinating to me. Jazz has truly jumped the pond, and people are playing it all over the world. And it's funny to to think about that this music all started right here in the Gulf Coast of the United States within a two to three to four hour radius of my house. Some of that first jazz music was being played in New Orleans, Louisiana. Well, tonight I also have uh, a special friend in the studio with me who you might be able to hear. Can you hear that? <laughs> She's large and in charge. This is my dog, Thelma Lou, who is always very curious when I go into the studio what we're doing, what all these people with the instruments and stuff are doing in here. And so she wanted to come, and so I made her swear, swear to be good. And she promised, so we've decided to let her in here. Uh, and she's really brought new life inside this place. I don't know about you. She's brought me uh, a new zest. I feel happier than I normally felt, feel because that's what a dog does. A dog makes you feel things you wouldn't normally feel uh, because they, they, they approach life in a different way than we do. That's why I like them so much. So I have written a song for my dog, Thelma Lou, which I will play for you here if you have a few seconds to uh, to spare maestro if you please she's got two floppy ears and two big old feet she's the kind of guy that she'd like to meet <laughs> But be careful how much you let her eat Cause she'll eat you out of house and home Oh, I'm telling the truth here She chews our furniture and she loves to snoop She stinks pretty bad cause she goes and rolls and poop <laughs> When she gets outside I love to watch her run in big loops until she finds a bone She's got a brother His name is Otis and He can't walk on a leash Without dislocating your shoulder And he invented the word stink but I love dogs and dogs love me I got two I think you'd like to meet If you see us walking just wave at me While they drag me down the street <laughs>
sister and a brother And they can't walk on a leash Without dislocating your shoulders And together they invented the word stink But I love dogs And dogs love me I got two good ones I'd like you to meet But if you see us walking Don't bother waving at me Cause they'll be dragging me down the street They'll be dragging me down this street But I love my babies And my babies love me Good old girl. Well, I hope she knows that she is the center of attention because that's all she ever wants to be, <laughs> is the center of attention. Thelma Lou, can you tell that you're the center of attention here? I think she knows. Well, this episode of Shaun of the South is brought to you by Midnight Shift Coffee, the official coffee of the Pensacola Police Department. A buck from each bag goes to the Riley Foundation to help fight pediatric cancer. If you're looking for some good coffee, go visit MidnightShiftCoffee.com, the coffee that will make you see blue. Also by Folklore Brewing and Meadery, quite literally the best brew in Alabama. Visit FolkloreBrewingAndMeadery.com Also, North Alabama. Visit NorthAlabama.org or hashtag VisitNorthAL the 16 North Alabama counties that make this state what it is. Well, last week we uh, we did something for Mother's Day, and the week before that we also had uh, several letters sent in to us uh, for a contest giveaway. We have been getting so much mail lately. It is insanity. But I want to tell you, I love it. This is probably one of the most fun periods of my life. Now, I know everybody's real sad about being quarantined, and no joke, I, I hadn't had my hair cut in, in, in months now. But we have been getting a lot of messages from from readers and listeners, and it's been wonderful to hear about what people have to say about their own history. People have got a story to tell. Uh, many people have sent in to us stories. Uh, we asked for stories about uh, grandparents, and, and I'm going to read you a few uh, that we got in this week. Uh, I'm going to start here with a woman who identifies herself online as this one tiny life. Let's cast some music here. This one tiny life writes... As Northwest Florida natives, Papa hunted gators every now and then. And one night, he and a friend had gotten particularly feisty gator out of the swamp, and they put it into the truck. Well, apparently, they hadn't gotten it quite as good as they thought they had, and that sucker came into the cab of the truck halfway back to the house, poking its head from under the seat and nipping at Papa's heels. That made for an interesting ride home. Another time, my mama was in the bath when Papa slid a baby alligator in there with her. He ended up with a slight concussion when she hit him on the head with a bar of soap hard enough to make him go unconscious. Welcome to North Florida, Sean. <laughs> Anna Booker Bischoff. 
Anna Booker Bischoff writes, One time we were all having dinner as my maternal grandparents, at my maternal grandparents, and my grandmother was famous for her Nana pudding, and my father, her son-in-law, my grandfather, and I all got dessert first. My dad and I tasted a few bites, and I want to tell you, this pudding was awful. But my grandfather kept eating it. My grandfather kept asking my dad if we actually liked it. And we kept on lying and saying, oh, yeah, it's great. It's great. We're just too full to finish it. She finally kept asking, so we eventually broke down and told her. She said, what's up with it? And we said, well, it's not good. She confessed that she ran out of ingredients and quickly grabbed some cornmeal from the freezer. And after she mixed it up, she realized it had an onion flavor to it. She served it anyway because, well, she was a complete joker. During all of this, if you can believe it, Sean, my grandfather actually went back for seconds. Karen McPhail. Sean, when I was in kindergarten, the teacher had us make a gift to take home to our mother for Mother's Day. We made paper mache and fashioned it to, to resemble a flower, and then we painted it and glued a safety pin to the back. My lack of skills as an artist was sadly evident when my blob of a flower pen was finished. <laughs> my dear mother gushed about the beauty of the brooch as if it had been made of the finest jewels, and I truly believed that she really did think it was beautiful. And thereafter, every single morning after she was dressed for work, the last thing she did before kissing our foreheads and wishing us a good day as she left for work was to pin the brooch on her dress. It didn't matter whether it matched her dress or not. She wore that pin to work every single day for years. Fast forward to 50 plus years later, we were having a lovely heart-to-heart mother-daughter conversation. And I mentioned how this, many years later, it still means the world to me. And she proudly wore that hideous blob uh, in public. My mother had a fabulous laugh that day, and she laughed and laughed and gave me a wonderful hug and told me that every day when she got into her car to go to work, she would take that pin off and lay it on the seat of her car and then put it back on her dress just before coming to the house at the end of the day. My mother's been gone for a little over two years, and there's not a day that goes by that I don't miss her. Well, this episode brought to you by Mountains Music, Mayberry, and Merlot. Mount Airy, North Carolina has it all. Mount Airy, Carolina is the home of Andy Griffith, an inspiration for the fictional town of Mayberry. The Andy Griffith Show's Mayberry. Go and see the largest collection of Andy Griffith memorabilia at the Andy Griffith Museum or take a tour in the town of Mayberry in the squad car from Wally's service station. Or go down and visit the thriving retail shops, restaurants, and bakeries that line the streets. Stroll through Mayberry and take yourself back in time when things were simpler. For more information, visit www.visitmayberry.com. Visit Mayberry.com. Well, we got Lana May in the studio with us, vintage dressed and playing her licorice stick clarinet, also known as firewood, or just a straight clarinet with us. Uh, she she plays in the Royal Marines, or played in the Royal Marines uh, over in, in England, and uh, 
And her husband played music too. Did, did your husband play music in the Navy too? No, no. He, um, he was a diver in the Navy. Uh, and he left about a year ago to sort of do diving commercially. So he does that now. Um, but he, he plays music sort of as, as more a passion and a hobby. And I love to hear about how people met. Um, tell me about how you, how you met your musician husband. Yeah, it was completely by chance, actually. Um, we, we were, we both lived in the same block on the naval base and we were the last two people left before everyone else had left for Christmas leave. And we were like the last two people left in the huh. block. I think he just, he saw me walking past and I probably looked at him as if to say, what is he looking at? And then he, he asked the cleaner my name. So a woman, a contractor that worked in the, in the, in the block. And, and then it just kind of went from there. Love at first sight. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it was. I, I didn't really remember what he looked like. Me on um <laughs> he added me on social media and then uh yeah, and we just started talking over that Christmas and so I, I feel like I kind of loved him before I even saw him because I was yeah. Well I'll be I love that. I love that. I love love, I think. Well, we're going to play another scene here for you, uh, another song here. This is an old, old song, and uh, this was first taught to me by a professor of composition from Auburn University. Only when I found him, he was living on Campbell Street in this little horrid-looking house that was full of books that were musty and moldy, and it was a one-bedroom apartment that was just nasty behind this, this house way off over on Campbell Street. and. He was a upright bass player, and he was a Ray Charles fanatic, taught me to love Ray Charles, and he was also a fanatic of classical composition, and uh, I'd like to play this song in honor of him. Uh, he's no longer with us, but uh, this was one of his favorites. One, two. I was down in old Joe's barroom. On the corner by the square Drinks were served as usual And the whole ragtag crowd was there On my left stood old Joe McKennedy His eyes were bloodshot and red Turned to the crowd around him. And these are the very words that he said. Say, I went down to say Jim Infirmary to see my baby there. She was stretched out on a long white table. So young, so cold, so fair Let her go, let her go, God bless her Wherever she may be She may suck this whole world over She'll never find another man as sweet as me Oh yeah! Thank you. 
Dixon hat. Put them coins oh, over my eyelids. So them boys will know I died standing pat. I get six old gamblers to be my pallbearers. Six chorus girls to sing me a song. I think my dog particularly enjoyed that one, though, in our defense, dogs are not notoriously picky when it comes to works of art or music. Uh, she's got these long ears that cover up her ear holes, so she wouldn't know good music if it bit her in the Badensky. <laughs> <laughs> but she does seem very happy. Uh, of course, she's sleeping, so we, we put her to sleep. I imagine most of the people out there who are listening right now are doing the same thing. We we get letters all the time telling us how we're uh, excellent sleep aids uh, for those suffering from insomnia. Lana, uh, what about you playing music? Uh, when, when was your, what was your earliest musical uh, memory? Um, I don't know. I, I, I remember always bugging my mum and dad, like they used to do uh, like auditions to try and get lessons in primary schools. Um, I must've been about, seven or eight when I started bugging them about letting me audition for any instrument under the sun I just knew that I wanted to play music um or play something and I I auditioned on anything and everything and I got given the clarinet after years and years of trying at about 10. And what was the kind of repertoire you were playing back then I mean were you what were you, were you playing marching band sort of things? Or? No, I mean, I, do you know what? I can't really remember what I played as a kid. I think, I think one of the first songs that I remember playing to my mum and dad was um, as an Elvis song, like "Can't Help Falling in Love with You." Um, yeah, but you know, it was just sort of like you got given a book and and they gave you lessons and you just progressed through this beginner's book. And uh, yeah, so I, I don't really remember playing anything. And then, you know, you get to your teenage years and, you know, you find out that when you get to secondary school that like, you know, it's not really that cool to play the clarinet. So you try and you try and play drums, you try and play piano, you try and play everything you possibly can that's that's deemed cool enough. And um, yeah. And, and then and then I and then I joined the Royal Marines and, and just played classically really i was classically trained uh from there and yeah so the kind of music they play in royal marines is primarily classical music yeah it's a bit of everything really like they they do they do a lot of classical music obviously a lot of marching band stuff um you know i i think it's a it's a genre of its own really uh military because you play new orleans style music like you wrote it <laughs> That music, you know, is very, very special to me. It, uh, not just because it originated here on the on the Gulf Coast, and that's kind of special. You know, I mean, if I lived in a place where we could boast the origins of of baseball, I'd be well, I'd be tickled pink. Uh, but it's special to me. Is it? Have you found that over there? Uh, I mean, is it is it crossed the pond? And it, is it as much? Is it as popular with everybody else as it is with you? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, especially now, like you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of jazz players that kind of play in that modern Coltrane Davis kind of style, um, you know, and and then there's like people who enjoy trad jazz and 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 gypsy jazz as well. Gypsy jazz is really big in the UK at the minute. Um, and my husband's a guitarist, and he loves Django Reinhardt, so he loves all of that kind of stuff. And um, so, do y'all have like a duo that you play around town or anything like that? Yeah, that's that's how I started. He um, he kind of got got me into it and got me out of of reading dots on a page. Um, and we started playing a little duet, and we called ourselves Hodge Club de Pomp, like um, like hot cl- like hot club de Paris, but our last name's Hodge, and we live in we live in we live in Portsmouth, which in England is shortened to Pompey sometimes. So if you write Pomp with a tilde on the end, you could say like Pompey. <laughs> so kind of it was it was it was like well, I thought it was really clever at the time, but then when you have to explain it to people over and over again, you're like, oh, maybe it should be a bit more, something a bit more obvious. I don't know. We're here, Lana May, in the studio with us, a lovely person, a lovely player who can play this this uh, piece of firewood licorice stick like a woman with her hair on fire. Uh, let's play one more. Uh, St. Louis Blues. One, Thank you. 
you might be noticing that uh, we've got some great music coming from inside this little studio here. Well, that's because we have Lana May. Lana May is a virtuoso clarinetist, and uh, she is playing music that dates back early, early, early into the U.S. history and has crossed over and become a worldwide music. Of course, I'm talking about jazz music. And this this music is extremely special to me. You you might not believe this, but what I'm about to tell you is, is absolutely 100% true. And I'm being completely sincere. And you know what they say. Sincerity is the key to life. Once you can fake that, you've really done it. I used to I have a lot of friends who play jazz, a lot of them. But but uh, I didn't play a wind instrument. Uh, the only instruments I play are guitar, this guitar here that I'm playing that I just played. This is a, a 1919 guitar, which is around uh, six years after the very first usage of the word jazz, which is, you know, interesting. This uh, this guitar was there for that entire birth of American music. Well, my friends played jazz. And the only mu music I could play was, a, you know, the guitar or the piano, and I ain't very good at it, as you could hear. But there was a jazz funeral for a marching band that I that all my friends played music in called the Village Brass, Village Brass Band. Great band, local band, Gulf Coast music, got the tuba, clarinet, they got uh, everything, trumpets, trombones, a snare drum played by Mr. Fred Domulo. Great band, great band, plays all week long. And I've played with them before and pinched, you know, filled in on occasion, but really all they needed was a warm body. Well, they, they had this gig for a jazz funeral. A jazz funeral in Pensacola, Florida. Now, I had only seen one jazz funeral in my life when I was in New Orleans as a, child, as a, as a young man. Now, I went to New Orleans with my friends. I'll never forget it. We drove into New Orleans. We were riding in my buddy's rusted pickup truck, and we were in traffic. And I looked beside me, and I saw this large purple bus. And it had this huge diesel engine that was rumbling the seats beneath my haunches. And I looked and I saw this this outline of a illustration on the bus. And it was an outline illustration of Ray Charles. And I love Ray Charles. And I looked up into the windows of that bus. And I could see one window open. And I saw the man himself sitting looking forward. His profile right there about five feet above me. And I leaned out the window, and I waved to him. I didn't realize what I was doing. I was just so overcome with emotion. Well, friends, immediately after I waved to him, that man turned and looked at me with them sunglasses. And he said, hey, the light's green. And then he laughed and laughed, and he drove forward. All my life, uh, I have never figured out how that man uh, knew the light was green. All I can guess is that his assistants were the ones telling him. My friends had a good laugh about that for decades to come. While I was in New Orleans for that time, I saw a jazz funeral coming up the street. It was incredible. They played a very slow song, I'll Fly Away, at a dirge-like tempo. And they were they were walking, and there was a man leading the parade, dancing. Well, I come from evangelicals. Uh, the only kind of rhythmic movement we were allowed to do was blink. We're the kind of people who uh, were so stiff. Many of my, my kind have not had a successful bowel movement since 1961. Well, 
my friend asked me if I would lead this jazz funeral in Pensacola because he was short a man and he needed somebody, not someone to play an instrument, someone to lead the parade. And I said, a parade? He said, yeah, I can't think of anybody who's foolish enough to do it but you. And because I come from a long history of men who make poor decisions, I agreed to lead the parade. I got me an umbrella, black. I got me a little bowler hat, black. But on black slacks and a white shirt and a red bow tie and white gloves and red shoes and sunglasses. And I got there early in Pensacola, and there was a there was a small parade gathered behind me, and there was a marching band all wearing their white shirts and 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 and, and marching band hats, their jazz caps, the peaked caps with the black brim, black pants, black shoes. The snare drum player was given a roll, and everybody in the crowd had frilly umbrellas and stuff behind them, and there was this this uh, big picture printed photograph of the person's funeral. It was somebody important in Pensacola. And that music began, and I thought to myself, this is a funeral, a, f a real funeral. I've got to give this my all. You're talking to a guy who don't dance, a guy who didn't even dance at his own wedding reception. Oh, I wanted to. Oh, I wanted to. But my people would not have abided dancing, especially not at a wedding reception. That's what heathens do. But there I was in Pensacola, Florida, on Palafox with the cobblestones beneath me and the old iron balconies on each side of me. And the sky was blue and that music was playing, oh, when the saints go marching in. And something took over inside me. I was ahead of the parade by ten feet and I was dancing, kicking my leg up to beat the band, twirling around in circles and, and, and waving that umbrella like a madman. I looked back at my good, good friend Fred playing the drums and he was smiling. And I realized that there's nothing sad about going on to glory. We're going to play for you here, me and Miss Lana, a hymn uh, that in the New Orleans tradition standard, Something that you would hear at a funeral. One, two, one, two. I am weak, but thou art strong. Save me, Jesus, from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk. Let me walk, Lord, close to Thee. Come on, Lord. Wait. 
this sleepy life is o'er Time for me is gonna be no more God me gently safely over to your shore, Lord God, to your kingdom shore. Just a closer walk with thee, great Jesus, it's my one and only plea. Daily walking close to thee, let it be, dear Lord, let it be. this fleeting breath when my eyes were closing I'll be satisfied just as long as I walk Lord let me walk close to thee mm, just a closer walk with thee It's my one and only thing Daily walking close to thee Let it be, dear Lord, let it be
Shine, come yeah, come on in, have a seat. <laughs> Is it possible to, 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 to get a haircut within uh, maybe at least 15 minutes? Oh, yeah, okay, sure, yeah, yeah. Here, there isn't anybody in front of you, so here, just sit down in the chair. <laughs> yeah, well, how, how have you been doing today, Floyd? Oh, we've been going good. I was, I was reading in the paper earlier. <laughs> yeah, did you hear about Andy and Barney? Did you hear what happened? No, no, I didn't hear it. Yeah, somebody's been stealing the wheels off the Mayberry Patrol cars. Yeah, that's, 
That's what it said in the paper. Yeah, yeah. It said in there the police are working tirelessly <laughs> to catch the perpetrator. Yeah, they got a good writer in that paper. Yeah, what, what kind of haircut do you want, Sean? You want a you want a short one or you want a haircut that doesn't look like a haircut? Well, I've been quarantined forever, and this hair is just so long. It's like uh, a couple, uh, three months or so. Can you just uh, improvise? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're looking a little shaggy here in the back, so I can trim all this up for you. Yeah, it's good to see you. Yeah, so you've been doing anything good lately? <laughs> Not much. Mostly I've just been sitting inside uh, with this quarantine, just, you know, sitting on my thumbs, rewatching the same Iron Griffiths uh, episodes week after week. Uh, what about you? You been doing anything special? Well, you know, Otis came by the other day. Yeah, yeah. Otis, you know Otis, don't you? Yeah. Well, you know, Otis has been losing a lot of hair lately. Yeah, he, he's down to where he only has three hairs left. Yeah, he, he came in, he said he needed a haircut because he was looking kind of shaggy. And uh, anyway, so I was trimming those hairs. And then I asked him when I was finished up, I said, uh, Otis, yeah, how do you want it parted? He, <laughs> he only has three hairs. <laughs> so I started taking one of those hairs. He said to the and I started taking one and bringing it over to the right, and it popped right out. Yeah, so that hair popped out. And I said, oh, oh my goodness. He said, I popped his hair out. Yeah, I said, Otis, I said, one of the hairs popped out as I was coming. He said, well, just part it in the middle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I took the hair and started bringing it over, and it popped out, too. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, I told him, Otis, I'm sorry. I, I, that other hair popped out. You only got one left. He stood up and jumped out of the chair and threw his apron there on the chair and looked at me. So I'll just wear it shaggy, and he stormed out of the building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lord, have you uh, seen anybody special uh, during this quarantine? Have you seen anybody uh, you hadn't seen in a whole long time? Cut anybody, anybody's hair that's special? Well, it's been r- real slow around here. Yeah, because there's so many people just had to stay home, you know. There hadn't been a lot of people coming out to visit or anything. Uh, let's see, I, I did hear uh, the Ernest T. Bass. He, you hear about Ernest T., he, he broke his foot. He broke his foot? Yeah, he dropped a bag of rocks on it. That's what he said, dropped a bag of rocks. I don't know. He was coming into town. I, there must have been some big rocks, is all I know. Yeah, but he, but he came in. He, he's been coming into town every so often, ever since Miss Crump gave him that uh, that diploma yeah, for, for learning. Yeah, so he just shows up every once in a while. I don't guess yeah. uh, Ernest T. Bass is following the quarantine uh, suggestions, uh, is he? Oh, no. <laughs> no. I should say not. Yeah. Ernest T., he throws rocks at everything. He, he breaks windows. He broke the window over at the courthouse not too long ago. <laughs> yeah, did you hear? Yeah, well, he broke it. Yeah, they were bringing in the new window, and Barney was trying to keep him away from it, and Barney broke the new window. Oh, it was. Oh, you don't want to see that if you could. That was, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> Florida, I have a question I've been meaning to, uh, to ask you. Who cuts your hair, you know? Well, you know, not just anybody can cut hair. You got to have a license. Yeah, so, but you can't cut your own hair. Uh, so, a lot of times I get, I just let Melba do it. She, she cuts, that's my wife, Melba. Yeah, she cuts my hair a lot of times. Yeah, you know, I showed her exactly how to do it. And over the years, she's gotten pretty good at least cutting my hair. But you know, to be a barber, you got to be able to cut everybody's hair. 
no matter how lumpy their head is, you, you have to be able to make it look good. Well, do you ever cut women's hair? Oh, lady. Oh, no. No, I don't. No, I don't cut ladies' hairs. I, I don't do that. Because they, you know, they're always wanting color and all that kind of thing. Men don't want that. They just want a little witch hazel on there and maybe some, you know, slip that over there to just a little grease on it. Yeah, but they don't want any of that other. Yeah, no. No, I don't want to do that. It's too hard. Well, speaking of which, do you think you could uh, put some witch hazel on my hair? <laughs> yeah, trying to draw the women around, are you? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, you know when I was at when I was at Barber College, you know we we had a football team there. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we got penalized for clipping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, there was that scandal where we were saving points too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Floyd, what are you gonna do when this quarantine's over and you can? Oh, there's a lot of bad hair now from all this. Everybody's been stuck at home and. Uh, some of their wives don't know how to cut hair because I've seen it. Oh, my goodness. They've butchered those poor people. So I'll be fixing a lot of bad haircuts. I know that. And the other thing, I want to go down to Myers Lake and go fishing. Yeah, they, they've kept us from fishing a lot. You know. <laughs> well, Floyd, thank you for the haircut today. Well, you think that's good enough there? Yeah. Wait. Oh, yeah. Looks good. Uh, if I didn't know it better, I think I was Cary Grant. Oh, you got that one spot right there. Hold on to it. Let me clip that. Yeah, every head's a walking testimony. Yeah. <laughs> well, this portion of our program brought to you by Floyd and Mount Airy, North Carolina. For more visitor information, you can look at visitmayberry.com or hashtag visitmayberry, or you can just look them up on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. The Visitor Center is located in the heart of the downtown at 200 North Main in Anna Griffith's hometown. You can look at the Anna Griffith Museum or take a tour via Mayberry Squad Car from Wally's Service Station. If you have any time at all to kill, go up to North Carolina and visit Andy Griffith's hometown today. You won't regret it well i just want to say to everybody listening out there tonight thank you for your messages and for all of your correspondence that you sent to us we got a bunch of letters in the actual physical snail mail last week i want to say thank you to that and to anybody else out there who wants to send a message via snail mail we'll give you our address again it's 183 starlight lane santa rosa beach florida Three two four five nine. Send us all your letters, and we will do our best to read them over the air. Tell us your stories. Tell us about your grandparents, your parents, uh, about growing up. We love nostalgia. Send us an email at shawnofthesouthshow.com. There's a contact form, and while you're there, you can check out past episodes dating all the way back to the first episode to this episode, which you just heard, though I don't know why. You must have terrible taste in podcasts and we will not be held responsible for what will happen if you were operating heavy machinery while listening to this music i hope that you uh go out and seek lana may out you can find her on every platform instagram facebook and she's even got a youtube channel uh, i hope you go and explore your world of of jazz gulf coast jazz dixieland jazz modal jazz bebop 
blues and jazz, uh, big band jazz, Tommy Dorsey and Glenn Miller, whatever you look for. I hope you look for it, and I hope you feel the same warmth that I get when we look at a baseball game and we're standing with our hand over our heart, and that band is playing one of my two all-time favorite songs, which is the National Anthem, and my other favorite song is this one right here that we're going to close you with tonight. Oh, when the saints go marching in Oh, when the saints go marching in Lord, I want to be in that number mm-hmm. When the saints go marching in stars begin to shine Oh, when the stars begin to shine Hey, I want to be in that number <laughs> When the stars begin to shine Come on, Lord show tonight. I want to say thank you to Robert Trill, Dan Conroy, Chip Center, and Lana May. Thank you to Alan Newsom. Thank you to Josh Shepard, Jake Dillard, and everybody else who made this show possible, like Thelma Lou at my feet and my wife. Everybody have a great week. Saints go marching with saints go marching with